0: Welcome to Perspectives YYC. Today's episode, I speak with Olivia Johnson, a nice woman I met when we linked up to take some pictures of some scars that she designed for a nonprofit. She sits with me today to speak about earthships, about mental health, and about just being a young creative woman in Calgary. If you have been enjoying the podcast, if you could, press pause now and go on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you're using to listen to this and Rate us, give us a review, and uh, subscribe if possible. And without further ado, we'll begin the episode now. Actually, I probably shouldn't sequence it because we who knows if we'll release them in order. But um, we're back here at uh, Media Lab YYC, my incredible sponsor, Kyle. Kyle is uh, with us again um, recording. And for today's episode, I suppose, uh, I invited uh, a nice lady I met very recently, mostly because uh, we did a little photography project together. Uh, but then I followed her on Instagram and then she went on this like adventure. <laughs> so we want to find out about it. So Olivia, welcome to Perspectives.
1: Thank you for having me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe we can start off with talking about how we did meet. So, um what happened? Was it Kujiji? I don't remember actually.
1: No, I think it was my friend Victoria. She recommended you as a photographer because I was in kind of like this mad dash to throw together a photo shoot last minute. So we connected on Instagram first and then met up face to oh, face. So that's right. It was loft one twelve or something. Yeah, yeah. we did it at
0: Loft 112 and uh yeah, so maybe we could give me give me a backstory. Like, what were you in a rush to do, <laughs> and why did you need a photographer?
1: Oh yeah, so yeah, at the time I was working for this uh, nonprofit, and our grand opening was was coming up, and we wanted to launch our scarves at this event. A part of this nonprofit is um, also designing scarves to raise uh, proceeds for the foundation. So we wanted to throw together some sort of marketing material to have at this event. So we needed a photographer (laughs) for that.
0: How did you get involved with that? Have you always been involved with this sort of? It was a, I, even though they seem to be quite established. Mm-hmm. I've obviously never heard of them because I I don't I don't live in the fundraising fund giving uh, world. But right, yeah. How did you get involved with? Is it Even Start?
1: Yeah, the Even Start Foundation. Yeah, actually, through a family friend introduced me to them, and I had recently just graduated from communications and graphic design as my traditional educational background. Um, So it was just kind of a good mesh of things that I like, fashion, nonprofit work, and what I went to school for.
0: How long were you with them? Uh, About a
1: year or so.
0: And I just remembered at the building, you designed something there too, wasn't it? Like a mural? I did,
1: yeah. Um, So I designed a mural and then also their donor wall.
0: Yeah, it was cool. I tried (laughs) to take some pictures for you, but I'm trying to remember if I actually sent them to you or not.
1: I think yeah, you did. I okay. have them on my portfolio site. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good, yeah. Good.
0: I, uh, I'm as this year's been going. 2018's been uh, a, a good one for me, a busy mm-hmm. one. I'm starting to lose track of uh, everything. That was this year? No, it was it last year. It was
1: last year, but it's this year's really flown by for me. Yeah. Um, partially due to the adventuring, it just you know it's made life just fly by a lot faster. We were
0: just talking to Kyle. You said you <laughs> grew up in Calgary. I did, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe give me a little bit of background on what that's been like, because we're going to get to the fact that after I met you and we talked about doing some projects, Mm -hmm. you uh, ran away. Uh, (laughs) So what has your experience being a Calgarian Mm -hmm. been, you know, maybe in the context of both, um, you know, your charitable sort of connection and Mm -hmm. your graphic design artwork?
1: Yeah, my experience (laughs) in Calgary. Um, It's kind of been a world... Win um, of experiences and emotions. Growing up, though, I had quite a bit of anxiety, Um, I would say, just throughout like, you know, high school and university. I never, I've never really felt like I really fit into the Calgary molds. I'm very much so an artist and a free thinker. Yeah. And, you know, the art scene is starting to become more and more in Calgary, but that was kind of always something that I struggled with growing up. I went to a very, kind of traditional private school. You know, I just, I, that was an environment that I didn't really thrive or fit into, unfortunately. That was something that I kind of struggled with living in Calgary. Do do
0: you have any other siblings?
1: Uh, I do. I have a bunch of half siblings. Most of them live in Vancouver. And then I also have another sister living in
0: Calgary, but
1: we're not, we're not too close
0: i only bring that, because I, I got to meet your parents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I forgot it. They seemed yeah. to me. Uh, they were mm-hmm. very nice to me anyways. And yeah, that's sort of pleasant. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to see this guy ever again kind mm-hmm. of uh, way. But yeah, I just thought I would ask, because they seemed to be pretty supportive from what I could tell. Yeah,
1: uh, they're incredibly supportive. Yeah. Very <laughs> much so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, so one of the things that comes up, a lot. And and, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, your source of personal anxiety and your experience are going to be your own. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much to kind of uh, talk that away. But um, this uh, concept of how art hasn't fit in Calgary and free thinking and creativity has Mm -hmm. had, I don't know, like an asterisk put it to it. Like, there are artists here. Mm -hmm.
1: There are. Yeah. And I think for me, it's, yeah, it's not that it doesn't exist here. But the struggle has been coming from a place of trying to find those communities for myself. Mm. For myself, I just found living in the city to be kind of an isolating thing. I mean, I was, I've was i been living with my parents, so partially due to that. But the number one thing is just the sense of isolation and, you know, not being able to find those communities that I connect with, with like-minded individuals. So that's probably been the, the hardest thing. But, you know, returning back, I've really tried to put myself more out there and try to connect with people face-to-face. I think a lot of not for everybody but I feel like a lot of anxiety and depression can be caused from, you know, just being on our phones too much and not having a genuine sense of connection with another person. Yeah,
0: you know, one of the I, I mean, depression comes up a lot mostly cuz I, I went through it pretty severely <laughs> uh, and I still dabble with it. It's mm-hmm. uh, a dancing partner I think for life for me, but um mm-hmm. yeah, one of the things I learned working through mine um in a manner of speaking, it was how it's isolating and it's antisocial and mm-hmm. it's, you know, whether it's triggered by X, Y, and Z, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, the, only because I would have definitely agreed with you on the phone thing, except right now I, I now exist on Instagram and we met through It's just exactly. such a weird, yeah, it's, right? There's it's no, a weird thing. It's, yeah. kind
1: of, it's this balancing act where Yeah, it can, exactly. you know, cultivate relationships or it can be really detrimental to, you know, actually having meaningful relationships with people.
0: I wonder if the second part of what you said if i will see on the tape if I misremember this but like turning into action so for example, mm-hmm. Instagram as a thumb flicking tool uh, that's mm-hmm. depressing um, Instagram mm-hmm. as a DM create a project meet in person do mm-hmm. a photo shoot like honestly my impression of you Olivia is uh, that you're a reason maybe not headstrong but you are you seem confident you knew exactly what we wanted to do I mean it's not like we either of us had done a fashion shoot before but <laughs> We had fun. You brought your friends. We yeah. took some pictures. Um, mm-hmm. You printed them, which was exciting for me, mm-hmm. um, and gave me credit, which is exciting as well. A credit's always fun, as I'm learning. And then we got to go to this, you know, swanky event. <laughs> it's pretty
1: swanky, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: yeah. That's the
1: right word for it. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I did throw that together pretty pretty quickly. I mean, growing up, my friend Victoria and I, we actually, um, we were always into doing fashion shoots and she's actually now gone to school to study fashion. At Paris. And, and- yeah. Parsons, Paris.
2: Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm super proud of her. Um, yeah. I also want to mention that I I want to dedicate this podcast to my friend Beige. Uh, she recently passed away and she was the other girl at the photo shoot. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would like to dedicate this to her and just to honoring your mental health, you know, and putting that as a priority to anything else, really. Oh, no.
0: I didn't know that. Well, I mean, why yeah. would I? I didn't uh, know. Um,
1: well, I recently found out about it. but mm. Yeah. I just want to acknowledge that. Okay.
0: Okay. And we don't, yeah, if you <laughs> find the urge through the conversation to talk about it, it's up to you. I won't pry. Um, but it sounds like maybe, yeah, mental health and stuff like that were involved with that as well.
1: Um, Yeah. Okay. From, I think...
0: Well, yeah, then we'll officially dedicate it to her. Maybe when we wrap up and we can, uh, we'll see if we want to put something on the website, etc. She seemed really sweet. Um, Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of fun that day. Lovely, yeah. 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 So let's sort of take this uh, switch in tone towards your leaving Calgary. I mean- Mm-hmm. you know when we were hanging out together and working together um we also thought about you know doing another shoot or mm-hmm. you know you as a graphic designer or you as a mm-hmm. you know fashion designer i mean it's not like uh, victoria's bragging about moving to paris it was like you know mm-hmm. we didn't know how these things were going to keep changing yeah um so what what set you off so for people who don't know uh mm. you left and you've been gone uh and i thought you just <laughs> came back but what what, yeah. what was that trip about maybe we can talk about that
1: a multitude of uh, things happened in my life that just kind of made me think I need to get out of this environment in Calgary to prioritize my mental health. At the end of 2018, it was really the most difficult <laughs> time in my life. A lot of things kind of fell apart in my life at that time, um, and I didn't know how to how to deal with it really. But I feel like I handled it in the most rational, grounded way possible. Suppressing my emotions with drugs was not an option, and I kind of understood that there was a bigger issue issue going on that wasn't going to be addressed through um, staying in my current situations and masking it with. Um, antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds. What I was feeling was really a byproduct of my environment, the relationships just not working. And I was like, okay, you know, I need to <laughs> unplug. Reset my, you know, myself by moving to a different environment. And that was really beneficial for me to do that and to kind of understand uh, where my Um, anxiety and depression was really stemming from.
0: It's incredible. And I've been making fun of uh, boys versus girls a lot. But uh, I mean, yeah, because boys kind of suck. But to hear you have this insight as an individual to Mm -hmm. actually want to do something about it is huge. Uh, For me, I was a decades-long wallower (laughs) Uh, which made my extreme personality quite extreme, fits of rage, suicidal depression is the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. but the idea of seeing that even early on and trying, at least trying something, I mean, who knows how is mm-hmm. I hope we can talk because some of the videos I saw on Instagram were pretty dramatic, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, how mm-hmm. did you choose what to do and what did you choose to do? And then what did you do?
1: Yeah. Um, so when I was going through that difficult time in my life um my dad he always has these crazy ideas and is researching various things on the internet and he came across this earthship biotexture um because they were my parents are trying to sell their house and they were looking at more affordable ways of living and he was like oh they have this internship in taos new mexico to learn how to build a self-sustaining off-grid home and i was like oh, okay, like, I have no building experience whatsoever. But at that point in my life, I was just so desperate to get out of Calgary that I was kind of like, fuck it, let's sign up for this thing. You know, like, I have no idea what this entails. But I was just feeling so anxious that I just kind of made this rash decision to be like, Okay, sure. But it in the end, it really turned out, it was kind of like my subconscious knew that this was going to be a good thing for me. And it definitely was. And has definitely changed the tra- trajectory of my life. And I've discovered a whole new passion and career path that I, I want to follow through on much more than graphic design or what I was doing before.
0: Yeah, one of the sort of tenets that I'm developing is this idea that uh, A, Capital A art of, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's just fine art, but at least traditional conceptualizations of art are a little bit rigid, and rather this uh, movement of like creativity and expression is one that's um, spiritual and expressive and can find a way to express itself in in many different forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the case in point being, uh, I mean, it's still art form, but we have a glassblower that's going in our magazine now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a cool thing, which. I've known about for many years but I think a lot of people don't realize uh how incredibly intricate those things can be but mm-hmm. going to do an earthship you know learning to a build structures B, build structures mm-hmm. that have some kind of environmental uh mentality I mean what what was that like and how does that feed into all of this energy that you have
1: mm. yeah I feel like before I had so much energy and i just didn't know what to do with it and building off-grid sustainable homes has been like a really healthy way for me to utilize that energy i think before i was just overwhelmed because i just had all this energy inside of me and i wasn't using it in the right ways um and with building i'm being creative in the right ways i'm using my body and it's a lot more nurturing for my uh just my physical, mental, and spiritual health, um, knowing that I'm, you know, <laughs> helping the environment, but also being creative and then honoring my body by being outside and like physical labor is, it's good for you to be outside and be lifting things, you know, um, sitting at a desk all day for, you know, eight hours a day, is just, it's not healthy, <laughs> like, It's not for myself it wasn't healthy to be staring at a screen all day isolated in a cubicle, feeling totally detached from my surroundings and myself. It really kind of connected me with myself, other people and my environment, which was really has been a really grounding thing for me.
0: Poor Kyle. We say this as he sits quietly. (laughs) Staring at his computer screen, looking at us. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you're around other people. (laughs) It's even worse when you're just by yourself and... I don't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, no, I, I, I mean, it's yeah. it's funny in the context, but I've been it is I'm yeah, and I'm not I'm totally scout. all
1: against tech, but it's just the going back to that whole balance thing.
0: Well, tell me, mm-hmm. I mean, can you describe for us what an Earthship is?
1: Yeah, um, so it's a fully self-sustaining building, and it provides you with all your basic human needs. Um, there's six principles to the Earthship. I don't know if you want me to go over them. Sure. Um, Why not? Some of them are quite in depth, but the first one is building with natural and recycled materials. So we be building out of tires and cans and bottles and just repurposing all of these materials that you would think are just garbage otherwise. And it's taking direct action towards actually recycling and re-actually, you know... <laughs>
0: Are these like recovered from dump sites or are they um, through from a wherever? Service?
1: Yeah, like, through scavenging. <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's some scavenging involved with that. Um, scavenging. Scavenging. Scavenging.
0: Hal yeah. <laughs> nodded. That's the correct pronunciation.
1: Because um, sometimes the process of recycling is actually, you know, <laughs> involves a lot more like consumption. But right with this uh, method, it's, you know, you're taking the bottle and creating like an brick right away. There's no like, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs>
0: uh, efficiency, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it is like a lot more efficient, mm-hmm. you know, with the recycling depots, there's this whole process. And, you know, like how good is that for the environment to, with the amount of energy?
0: We um, have a friend that works Consumption in a, involved with that. Yeah, we have a friend that works in waste management. Um, mm-hmm. So I won't name her name. She's in Toronto, but she's educated a lot. Us a lot about how waste management in fact mm-hmm. works, and it's frightening. Uh, yeah. Apparently, like in uh, Toronto, mm-hmm. they're facing a, a dumpster crisis where there's actually just nowhere to put garbage it's, anymore.
1: It's really scary, yeah. yeah. Um, waste management, um, the whole process of recycling, you know, how good it actually is. <laughs>
0: yeah, if and, you're plastic mm-hmm. wrapper has food on it tends to get thrown out like there's weird mm-hmm. stuff if, if your plastic is lighter than certain ounces it's not recycled even though it's a recycled material there's mm-hmm. a lot of weird things
1: uh, right and the transportation involved with some of the glass yeah, bottles yes, and, and the crushing of it and just yes. the whole procedure of that um so yeah Going back to the principles of the Earthship, there's, yeah, building with natural and recycled materials and then thermal heating and cooling systems, water harvesting, food production, I think wind electricity, and garbage treatment. I might be missing one, but that's just kind of a general gist of the properties of an Earthship and living off-grid, what that might look like.
0: So for something like this in a project, is there a minimum number of people that need to be involved? How, I mean, everybody's got to do a role. It sounds like a mm-hmm. fairly involved, I mean, without going into too much detail, yeah. you know, water, mm-hmm. water's is a fascinating one. I just read uh, a death toll statistic on Reddit. I'm obsessed with Reddit. <laughs> um, and unclean water is still like globally some like fifth killer it's of the world huge, or something. It's huge problem. Yeah. yeah,
1: and it's also crazy how it's illegal in some states to to catch your own water. That's just that's really bizarre to me. <laughs>
0: well, I heard uh, one name named Stephen Harper, but uh, <laughs> we apparently sell our lake water to Nestle to put it in a bottle that we drink in in our uh, mm-hmm. in our cafes. That's madness. It's... Like we could go and get it, but we we mm-hmm. would let her, rather let an international US company. Uh, sell mm-hmm. it back to us. Anyways, keep going. Keep going. And I'm just now. I'm turning into a <laughs> nut. I have to be careful.
1: Uh, yeah, I also have to be careful <laughs> with what I say, which I'm not always great at.
0: Yeah. So, uh, what are the complexities of water, for example? Uh, hmm. You know, is it just a matter of building this near uh, an unclaimed stream or river, or is there actually um, like an involved process about?
1: Yeah. So it's actually quite. Uh, simplified uh, building an airship. Um, essentially, with the water harvesting, you're collecting rainwater from your roof, um, just based off of how the roof is designed. You know, the water is going to be th- fed through the gutters and then into the cistern, and then you're able to reuse your water with the the sewage treatment. That's also within the airship, um you're using your gray, gray water a lot more than a conventional home you know um in a conventional home like there's fresh water in the toilet that's not reused whatsoever and it's it's crazy that we're using fresh for water
0: that's for your pets right I, that we use <laughs> clean water for your pets in the toilet is that no that's not a, okay okay no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, um, keep going, keep going.
1: I just want to note that like it, it's really empowering to be able to provide yourself with all those basic human needs. Um, it provides a sense of autonomy and sustenance. So, you know, if, when things do go, if things do go wrong, you know, at the end of the day, you're able to, to provide yourself with these basic human needs. And it's kind of amazing to me that that's not more highly accredited in our society to kind of focus in on some of those basic things there. It's easy to kind of lose touch with that in some ways I felt with the life that I was living before. Um, not having it, or maybe I was just taking it for granted in some ways. Um,
0: no, it's structurally and systematically taken away mostly. mm. I mean, not so much from a nefarious, you know, uh, mustache pinching dude, uh, warrior or something, but Mm -hmm. the whole system, um, that we also can benefit, for example. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's all cyclical and systematic and, and like kind of connected, so there's no right or wrong about it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is all of these benefits that we have, whether it's everything from medical advancements to vehicles to the source of the tires that you'd use in, in an earth shape. Exactly, yeah. And all that stuff's come from these industrial and scientific um, mm-hmm. epochs, uh, mm-hmm. which have also, unfortunately, or unfortunately, I think, unfortunately, um, been... Extremely uh, projected in this idea of human beings not as individuals, spiritual or uh, beings anymore, but rather as parts of some larger schemata or machine specialized, functional, mm-hmm. and you know, you do your one role. We'll give you this creature comfort in the background, so right, yeah, you sit at a desk, stare at a TV screen, go home, and you can have a really big uh, TV screen to stare at in the <laughs> chair at home, right? Yeah, and so this idea, like that, you're experiencing of what romantically I suppose is the real human experience like knowing mm-hmm. how to grow your own food and how to clean your own water or how to mm-hmm. how to uh, yeah live quote-unquote off-grid um that's a fascinating one it's an important one uh, well, I couldn't do half of these things I'm pretty sure
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah it has definitely become more of a priority for myself to to honor some of those things um yeah and to become kind of, to become more of a a generalist about things Uh, within this field. It's called uh, earthship biotexture. So it's combining biology with architecture, which I think is really cool. I think we can really benefit from that because when you're living in a earthship, you're looking after the earthship and it's looking after you. So you have this kind of intimate relationship with your environment.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting about that too. (laughs) I mean, my first thought earlier was for example, free-ish water, depending mm-hmm. on a climate where you get precipitation. So Calgary would be out. You'd have a lot of trouble developing an earthship here, uh, yeah.
1: there is such there is one outside of Calgary, yeah, yeah? and you got to check the location of it. Yeah, but there are there they can be built all over the place, yeah, because okay. uh, mm. and
0: then the other thing that occurred to me is, that there's an environmental uh, environmental impact. For example, like mm. you see that in uh, sort of uh, genealogical diets, uh, you know, diets and things like that. But, mm. but there's also this idea of uh, a change in cultural principle. So if the point of life is to, let's say, exist, procreate, and take care of an Earthship, mm. that seems like a fairly all-encompassing day-to-day. But if somebody wants to, for example, say. I want it like I have a friend who's an ultra marathoner, and he mm-hmm. wants to run on every mountain on the earth. That would no longer be plausible in a society that was entirely earthships, because where are we going to manufacture mm-hmm. jet planes, harvest and pr- do industrial right. things like have fuel? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, so, so the balancing thing is a strange mm-hmm. one. Um, mm-hmm. It becomes, at least in my sort of bipolar mind, like an all-or-nothing proposition, where you either believe that you need to exist in one way or you need to just say, all right, like that might be good for you, but I still want to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, Right. What do you think about like a statement Mm -hmm. uh, such as that?
1: Yeah, I think with the earthship principles it can be integrated in a lot of different ways um you can retrofit a lot of homes to have those principles it's not a kind of a definitive thing like you're earthshipper or you're not like a lot of other people have thought of these concepts before concepts before but michael reynolds he just kind of threw them all together um but if you do want to like you know go all the way with the with building an earthship um there are a lot of restrictions to doing that say in the in, in Calgary in the city um, there's a lot of barriers to be faced with there's no way that you could build an actual worship like right you know in the city and that's kind of a conflict for me because I do like city life I, I want to have that balance of being on the grid and being off the grid so I don't become too you know <laughs> um, what's the word like far out in my ways um, because I still like you know having a city life and being a graphic designer, that's still a part of who I am. But I want to say that, yeah, you can integrate the principles of it in a lot of different ways of just how you kind of view the world and what your priorities are.
0: I've been (laughs) seeing a lot of trending things with, you know, uh, commercial industrial architecture where they're adding mm -hmm. forests and trees. I had this half thought with my son being obsessed with dinosaurs that it's still organic because it's all, you know, rotten dinosaurs. But, um, you know, like this whole thing about what we're supposed to do next is a fascinating question. Mm -hmm. And how do we make decisions? So, um, you know, having this experience going uh, to New Mexico, going to build, learn Mm -hmm. about, build, live in, understand what an earth ship is. How did that inform your experience of what you feel like you need to do next? Like, what is it that you think that you have to do next?
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) To get back to building? um, Because that kind of work is really nurturing for my mental health and that's become a priority for me um, to choose a job that's that makes me feel good that is not detrimental (laughs) to my mental health and working with my hands and being outside and being creative in that way is just a lot more fulfilling I'm I'm much better at you know working with my hands in that sense um, than working a desk job (laughs) unfortunately you know I and I try to force myself into that into a certain path for so long and it just wasn't working for me. So, you know, really trying to like hone in on like, this is a good thing for me and finding a way to make a living out of that.
0: Any kind of immediate practical ideas like in Calgary, or are you thinking of leaving again? Um,
1: yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, this next month, I'm really going to try and figure that out. Like, is there a community for me in Calgary? Like, you know, maybe I am needed here to kind of introduce some of these new ideas. Um, to kind of shake, you know, the, (laughs) I don't know if I want to say the system, but, you know, you can't streamline everything. Like, I think in order to make progress, there needs to be kind of some, you know.
0: (laughs) Sure. uh, Uh, Movers uh, and
1: shakers who are, you know, kind of outside the, this general way of thinking, I guess. I have Um,
0: typically at hand some saying, but I, I know I have one in my phone, but it's too far and it'll take too long to search for, but uh, (laughs) yeah. But in the interim, while I search for this, yeah. um, you know, my wife, Helen, uh, she's, she's the best, uh, spark joy with Helen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love her. Anyways, um, she, I was just telling Kyle, uh, before we started that we actually did a few, uh, not earthship by mm-hmm. any means, but we were into no waste and, um, you know, these environmental things, We we were vegan for a few years or, uh, vegetarian, mm-hmm. you know, all these things where mm-hmm. there was an ethical and global conception, uh, Mm-hmm. that seemed to drive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's fascinating watching Helen take on all of this no way stuff for a few years, particularly in Calgary, is that kind of like what you're saying, you know, that next level of having someone stick out and say, yeah, guess what? I'm going to go to um, Bulk Barn from now on, and I'm going to buy these in because they do tear waiting for Mm -hmm. your own containers. And we're going to bring our glass containers and get everything there. Mm -hmm. And so we went through, I'm going to guess like two years of kind of doing that, but putting on an Instagram and kind of like sharing with the world. And she actually Mm -hmm. got a lot of notoriety out of that, Mm -hmm. I suspect, because Calgary just couldn't comprehend (laughs) that you don't just go to a, you know, big box store, restaurant, something. And that's that's so accusatory uh, and it's no way actually factual because there's lots of cool people in Calgary, but it mm. felt that way yeah. uh, and then there was a bit of a push and when Helen would meet some people that would talk a big game about no way, it would turn out that they were like doing one thing. Um, mm. But I also think because someone, when she stopped that and got rid of that account, someone took that account name from her in Calgary mm. and I think that by sticking out first and kind of grinding it out and, and being the weirdo that talks about... Bulk barn or something, mm-hmm. um it inspires some people to start changing. Like, you know, us going vegan in Toronto was brutal. People mm-hmm. didn't hate us, but right. they weren't asking us, you know, what to eat. Right. Uh, they were rather asking us why mm-hmm. we weren't eating anything. But over time, whether directly or indirectly, we've had another couple go vegan and then kind of mm-hmm. come back to fish. I've got another friend right now who's gone vegan. And like, there's, these little roots, these little seeds and kernels right. of thought, right? Yeah. So there sometimes, might be something.
1: Yeah. Sometimes it just takes, yeah, putting yourself out there to discover like, oh, yeah, there are like people in Calgary who also, um, you know, value some of the, these same things.
0: Thanks for listening so far. We just wanted to say that this podcast has been brought to you by Media Lab YYC. Kyle Marshall runs this amazing little outfit here in downtown Calgary. Um, And we wanted to say this here at Media Lab YYC, we help you share your stories with the public, video, audio, business, personal. Let us help you take your idea to the finish line.
1: Um, And I feel that way with just kind of sharing my mental health on Instagram. You know, that was really kind of a scary thing to, you know, admit that I was suicidal at one point in my life you know it did cross my mind oh people are gonna think I'm crazy um but it was more for me to be like yeah my life looks really great right now on Instagram but just a couple months ago like what you're seeing now on my Instagram it was the opposite and kind of just shedding light to that because I think a lot of the time when you go on social media you just see you know people's best versions of themselves and I was like you know what? Fuck that. Like let's, this is what really happened to, you know, drive me to do this. And again, I think I handled it in the most rational way considering like what I was feeling and going through at that point in my life. Um, yeah, sorry to kind of go on a side note, but I no, wanted that's to mention not a, that. Oh my um, God,
0: Olivia, that's not a side note. That's okay. The, yeah, that needs to be the weight of what we're talking yeah, about, yeah, I because
1: Yeah, I would like to redirect it to that yeah. um, emphasis on, you know, honoring your, your mental health, because that was a big part of um, this journey that I went on to really ground me to a stable place.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll just quickly read this, which mm-hmm. I think is actually appropriate. Uh, this is the fun part about Reddit. When you're in a dark place, you sometimes tend to think you've been buried. Perhaps you've been planted, bloom. So uh, I think, you know, this conceptual idea of depression, and then buying into the negativity, mm-hmm. and then not reaching out, and then you you sink, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but actually, all it takes is. Action. And that's mm. the hardest thing, you know, because depression yeah. is nullity. It's like, mm. I just, I don't want to move. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to share everybody, mm. you know. When, whether the narrative is like everybody's judging me or they all know it doesn't matter. Everybody's got a slightly different mm. verbiage. Yeah. Now, but the reality is in action, what it is is inaction that you just get stuck mm. uh, and you get stuck and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, so how mm. do you get unstuck? Well,
1: um, well, at that point in my life, when I was suicidal I was kind of like yeah you know what that isn't an option I love my my parents too much to do that to them so it was like okay I'm gonna be on the, you know you to be living a bit longer you know let's make the the yeah. most of it and best the best of it because you know what else am I gonna do like it just um so I decided to be like okay time to go on an adventure you know <laughs> Because the life that I'm living right now is not serving me and I don't have any other option to just wallow in it. Um, Or not even, I don't want to say wallow, but yeah, to be complacent with the life that I was living essentially. Yeah.
0: You know what I like about that is there is an underlying sense even in your low point of uh, maybe self-respect or, um, you know, uh, just a sense of self that... Whether mm-hmm. it was in the context of yeah, not putting your parents through it, but the next step mm-hmm. became like you know I need to I need to just go and I need to experience and this is not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. What um, else is out there? Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if that's kind of where the trap is for a lot of people, and whether mm-hmm. the it was easier made easier either by who you are, you know, as your genetic makeup is always going to be, mm-hmm. or how much of it is you know this nature versus nurture thing. So this nurture thing of having parents that might've been, I, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, for a young lady in her, you know, er, early, presumably twenties, mm-hmm. um, to kind of work through that and get that insight is important. That's an important story, I think, um, uh, for people mm-hmm. to, to hear. Um,
1: <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I think for myself, I just, I knew that there was a deeper root cause to it, that maybe there wasn't something necessarily inherently wrong with me, but a byproduct again of, my environment and the relationships that were causing this imbalance in my life to make me feel this way. You know, I think so much of the time we're too quick to put the blame on ourselves. Like, Oh, there's something wrong with me. I have a disorder. And then it kind of becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy to act and behave in a way that kind of reaffirms that belief system that you are an anxious person. But you know, when I changed my environment and my relationships, I started to feel really grounded and calm and could kind of, you know, look into myself. I think that's ultimately what it kind of came down to. And then from that experience, um, you know, not being scared to share my feelings with other people, I've become really open on Instagram. And that's been really healing for me because I think when I was, you know, going through that difficult time, it was often caused from just a suppression of emotions and just masking it with you know um with alcohol or anti-anxiety meds and just masking with all these things and not really getting down to like okay what is the actual what are the actual imbalances in my life so for me i i've created a couple art pieces on uh, instagram that kind of depict that uh, more so with just you know speaking your truth and you'll be surprised by how many people also feel that way who have also felt suicidal and I think the fact that we don't talk about it more is what's really detrimental is that so many people feel this way and they just you when you're suicidal you feel like trapped and you kind of pit, pigeonholed um But to just be open and honest about it and be like, yeah, I'm going through this and let's actually talk about mental health because there's so many campaigns out there where it's like, let's talk about mental health, but you know,
0: nobody's 1st let's
1: actually have these, you know, tough conversations about suicide and what led you to feel that. And for me, it was the suppression of emotions and isolating myself. So doing the opposite has just been, (laughs) made me a really, a much happier, happier person.
0: I... Kind of brought this up in a previous episode, but this idea number one, I suppose, that we as human beings wouldn't last a day by ourselves. Like we would get killed by a fucking mosquito or exactly, a fly. Exactly. Like yeah. Useless on mm-hmm. our own. And B yeah. that um, if we accept that we're supposed to be communal. Then all of these narratives whether it be Hollywood or you know folklore actually most traditional folklore has nothing to do with isolation it tends to be about finding a way to ask help and the people that don't mm-hmm. die
2: mm-hmm.
0: Um, but you know we now have all of these so called anti heroes and all this kind of bullshit that is informing us <laughs> mm-hmm. you know for men it tends to be you know, a movie figure, uh, for women, it might be something else. I don't know. I'm not a woman, but mm-hmm. meeting men and women through this podcast and just in my life, I'm beginning to realize, uh, well, I've always, I suppose, suspected, but I couldn't even protect myself against it, that we all think we have to do everything ourselves. We think that, mm-hmm. you know, oh, the only way I'm going to be su- considered a success in society is if I fucking whatever, right? Start my own company, do this on my own. I don't need any, any of your help right. to the point where we're mm-hmm. lying down the floor thinking of just, ending our lives instead gets, of just going hey you know what i couldn't do it let's all do it together and then yeah, everyone's like yeah i want to help mm-hmm. you cuz i like you and totally. they're like oh shit you know i want to help you too and then yeah. all of a sudden it just gets done like, <laughs> you know?
1: and oftentimes people are a lot more empathetic and sympathetic when you just express like some of your anxieties that you might think are silly but other people are like oh man i feel that way too we're like, all the same yeah, yeah and it just it makes life so much easier when you can be honest about little things that you know can, can be overwhelming or give you anxiety yeah because it just humanizes you and another thing that I would like to mention too is just like sometimes like society can kind of be dehumanizing in just today day-to-day interactions like little things like when you're passing someone and you you know say like oh like I'm I'm good good you know that's that But someone could actually be really hurting and you just kind of have to mask it to get through the day and, you know, do your your day-to-day job, um, which is... You know, sometimes you have to do that for your livelihood, but it can become a really dehumanizing thing um, to just pretend like you're calm, cool, and collected all the time because that's, you know, the societal norm to, you know, behave in that way to not just rage out or cry because people are going to think you're crazy, but then people suppress it and, you know, that can sometimes lead to suicide. So again, working in a work environment that allows you to express what you're going through um, outside of. The workplace. You yeah. know,
0: I I think that um, one of the other things that I'm learning is um, whatever our sort of empathetic and social intentions, at the end of the day, unfortunately, unfortunately mm. you can't actually help other people. They have to help themselves. So mm-hmm. it's that yeah. whole lead the horse to the water and all that kind of stuff. So I agree with you. I think if the environment, the culture and the conversation change where Mm -hmm. our emotional size and our true sort of human being essence is Mm -hmm. acknowledged Mm -hmm. and encouraged. Yeah, Um, and then redirect it into, let's say, it's you know a mechanical job of you know riveting or Mm -hmm. drafting or whatever it is that Mm -hmm. people complain about because it's so repetitive and and it's just part of a larger machine. Maybe even those jobs could have a great role, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. You know, if I, if I'm. uh, well, I said this in one other podcast, but yeah, the real mm-hmm. poison seems to be that these corporations have legal status. We won't get into politics, but I mean, the <laughs> idea that a corporation to, yeah. has legal rights is insane. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah, like, oh, fuck, I don't want to name a name, but whatever, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, we uh, easy, Calgary, easy to argue, like so... <laughs> tr- Trump industries, Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, not to bag on Trump himself because he does that well for himself, but like that his, <laughs> you know, international, um, Let's say hotelier chain has legal rights, and therefore mm-hmm. anybody that works for it is obligated by contract and, frankly, by death, to make sure that their legal rights of the corporation supersede the person's individual rights as a human being. That's insane, and yet mm-hmm. that's how the law uh, system has evolved through mm-hmm. this, you know, um, evolution of let's say capitalism, whatever it's whatever the n- nomenclature in the future will look at mm-hmm. this uh, post-war period. Uh, so it's not so much that we can fix that, I don't know how, um, mm-hmm. but the end result is that someone like you or me or Kyle, even, uh, I said even just to be a dick, but, um, you know, <laughs> we're sitting here and we have this intuition that there's just something about it that doesn't fit right, that mm-hmm. we need to express something creativ- uh, creatively, communatively, um, mm-hmm. and so we do that. But the people that don't um, struggle, and if it's not suicide, it's it's rage or it's alcoholism or it's yeah, whatever it, can it is. Manifest in, yeah, it manifests in so many different it, ways. It just becomes the um, extremities, right? Exactly.
1: Uh-uh. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now we sound naive and optimistic. I don't know. Can we save everybody by just everybody talking and hugging? And, <laughs> maybe.
1: I'm not sure. I I think it's a part of it. It's not going to be every. It's not going to be that for everyone. It's just one segment of of an issue, a bigger issue going on, um, with this kind of dehumanizing culture. Not everything in our culture is dehumanizing. Um, I don't want to, you know, come across in that way. Um, just from my experiences in particular, some work environments.
0: I wonder, I think Zayer brought it up in one of his poems, but, um, it just, in, at least so far in his, uh, in his demeanor, you know, looking for similarities instead of differences is one of the more fundamental um, perspectives, if you mm-hmm. will, that we need to adopt. Which is, you know, we spend a lot of time in our culture, whether it's, you know, skin tone, gender, religion, um, like Calgary's quadrants, mm-hmm. <laughs> neighborhoods, schools. Right. We're always trying to differentiate you know, yeah. we're, we're set up that way. And mm-hmm. whether that's society or human nature, I, I couldn't tell you. I have a suspicion it's human nature because these kind of mm-hmm. issues have existed throughout all history. Um, you know, yeah. it's the source of wars and the source of this mm-hmm. and all. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get to this point? Uh, I mean, religion has tried in its own way uh, for a unifying idea of some something similar, but it's run by human beings, and it's gone to shit. I mean, they hate mm. each other now. You know, at themselves. You know, like look at Christianity for example, and Jesus. Like they hate each other, and they're mm. all allegedly worshiping the same God, right? Like I've become very spiritual, and you know, I use the term God to to describe this newfound um, yeah being in my mm-hmm. life. Um, but at the same time, when I see as human beings what we do with that, and say, well mine is different than yours or mine's better than yours in mm-hmm. this way like isn't that half the poison like how do we what are we supposed to do with that i mean that's going to happen you know in the communes in the 70s uh, a lot of people started they weren't earthships per se but they were mm-hmm. you know these communes where people tried to go off grid right and there's yeah. like a terminal limit it's like i can't remember the number it's like 70 people and mm-hmm. then you exceed that and then and then you get what we would call a capitalist society you get Speciation. You get discrimination. You get uh, some people who allegedly don't pull their own weight. You get expectation of what it re- what's required. I mean, how do we how do we approach that? As someone that's lived kind of on an extreme, do you have any insight into you know what you might want to talk to people about? Uh,
1: Probably want to touch on just um, staying open minded to other ways of life um, and different ways of living. I think uh, maybe that could be this issue could be a cause of just being closed-minded and being like, I'm set in my ways and this is how it's going to be. This is how I define myself. This is how I make sense of the world. Um, But just being open to new ideas and new ways of living. And, you know, once you're open to it, you can kind of maybe gain a respect for um, another way of living, whether it's living in an earthship or a yurt or whatever, like, (laughs) um, and to kind of bridge that, that gap and to understand that we are all connected at the end of the day. I think it's easy to forget that living in the city. <laughs> um, and you know, living off grid in the desert, it yeah, it was grounding because I felt more connected to myself and my surroundings and the people. Um, so that's one way that I've kind of dealt with that and what I would recommend to other people.
0: But you did come back.
1: Yeah, I've I've left and come back a few times this year. Not all of my journeys were in Taos, New Mexico. Um, I was fortunate enough to to go to Marchiquita in Argentina to build an earthship school in the community. Um, so that whole development is branching outward from just like, you know, the stereotype that some people might have that oh always just a bunch of like dirty hippies in the desert. Like it's, it's really not, it cannot, um, it can empower a lot of people to have this affordable way of life in some ways to not pay utility bills and whatnot. <laughs> I just wanted to, to mention that as well that it, it can branch out in so many different ways. <laughs> All right, <laughs> are we running out of time? I feel no, like, no, no, no. Okay, I uh, I sometimes, yeah, sometimes gesture. I gotta I think, wrap this up. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, we're good. I don't.
0: Um, we, we've been, yeah, we've been targeting an hour. We're okay. I didn't look at the clock yet, but we're okay.
1: okay. We're okay. All right, I'll slow down my. Yeah, he'll line. he'll get
0: up and bang on the table and okay. like throw the mics. No, no it'll, <laughs> it'll be a nice subtle signal. Um,
1: okay.
0: Um, okay, so. Having all said mm. that, you mentioned that you've been doing art um mm. but you said instagram so what what did you do? <laughs> Is it something that's physical and can be displayed, or did you actually build it on digital media and uh yeah, let's talk about that a little bit what you've been creating
1: yeah um there's one art installation in particular that I made, which I just kind of made and put on my my bedroom wall um it's kind of hard to describe, but I don't even know if I'd necessarily call it art. It's kind of more of a political statement, but I just call it art to get away with it. (laughs) Um,
0: That's all artists. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) You can get away with anything if you just say, oh yeah, that's art. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I can't really argue with you. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I feel like that's used in a lot of um, advertising campaigns in some ways. Um, Yeah, there's, I don't know, there's really only the one because I have been traveling so much that it is hard to, to make art. Like I was before when I was just stationed in Calgary. So I haven't actually made like too much art, but I think, um, Well, describe the
0: piece we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't really have a name for it, but I'm actually, I'm looking for a space right now to display it somewhere in Calgary. Uh, it talks about my life as a hot kid. And how, <laughs> I think maybe it just has a lot of like inferiority complexes where I was just like, oh, I wasn't a cool kid when I was younger. But <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's that. But um, the whole piece kind of talks about like this fake culture within social media. Um, I'm trying to remember. Like the first, it's like a series of frames. And the first one says like, oh, we pretend that we're calm, cool. Cl- Calm, cool, and collected. And then the next frame says when we're nervous, hot, and scattered. Um, we say we're good when we're heartbroken. And then what's the next one? We mask our our truth with drugs, alcohol, and drugs. We mask our truth with um, filters, makeup, and something else. So it goes into that whole topic. And then, you know, this is all fun and games um, until it entirely consumes you and you don't know who you actually are um I wish I had it on my I don't have my phone with me otherwise (laughs) I would just read it off but yeah it just it talks about you know expressing your truth and being honest with what you're going through and to kind of humanize yourself on social media and with doing that I've become a lot more calm cool and collected (laughs) in some ways uh which is kind of funny but Yeah, that was, and that was inspired by just some of the people that I met on my journeys. There's one particular person that I met in Argentina on the Bills who really talked about mental health and how he was on a lot of anti-anxiety and depression meds for like 30 years. Um, He had really bad PTSD from the war. And then he eventually kind of came off of it um, in his late like 50s or so and, you know, kind of started you know, exploring with plant-based medicine instead, and how he was kind of able to like feel again and be really expressive and how that was a lot more healing for him. so it was inspired by yeah Don Boss, <laughs> a really lovely guy who was a part of that build and really taking the time to kind of analyze like, you know what are what is causing me to be anxious there is there's there's a reason why there's it's a sign of something, and I don't want to put the blame again on myself, like that. There's something inherently wrong with me, and it did come down to my environment. Um, that was the imbalance for myself. So, in that art piece, I, that was what I was trying to depict.
0: I like it. I um, I just keep, I just keep thinking to myself this uh, con- concept of yeah, mental health in our culture, particularly more mm-hmm. in the states, I think, than in Canada. But Canada's getting there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, like I'm, I am on antidepressants. I, um, uh, it's a low, low dosage, but my psychiatrist had, has had me on them for mm-hmm. probably two years. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, now I just, I just take them because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I feel fine. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I have tipping moments. And, you know, this Mm -hmm. new career, I suppose, if you want to call it that these new um, things that I find myself doing are, um, yeah, in an overused word, very organic, they're just Mm -hmm. happening. um, And I'm just letting go of control and just trying not to control any of it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's, that's me, because I'm insane. And uh, I think that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, you know, Listening to you talk about, for example, these big environmental switches to just even test out just to mm-hmm. like initially to you're like, OK, well, you know, I feel miserable here. What if I go to a fucking desert and live in <laughs> you know, garbage and learn how to like grow plants? You know, yeah. you
1: know like, all right, well, like, how's that going to feel? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, a, yeah.
0: If that doesn't work, shit, you know, then maybe <laughs> let's I'll try yeah. something else. Let's yeah, go, I love it.
1: Let's go tree planting, which I also did this year, which was.
0: Oh man, when I was, when I was (laughs) younger. That could be a
1: whole other podcast talking about the miseries of tree planting. I've got a
0: friend uh, (laughs) who hitchhiked across Canada and told me I could do it. I'm like, A, I'm Asian. B, you look like Wayne Gretzky. Like you can actually pull that off. But one of the things he discovered doing that Mm -hmm. is, yeah, he met, I can't remember if he met someone in BC Mm -hmm. about it or his friend who's a big, uh, super nice, um, Mm -hmm. hippie, uh, Went there, but he tree planted when we were younger, um mm-hmm. and t- his stories. He's just like, yeah, it's for the earth, but Jesus, like that's that's not easy.
1: <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, that's that's Holy a smokes. that's hard. That's that a hard really, job.
1: Really, really pushed me. Yeah. That, yeah. Um. Anyone who's ever tree planted knows what I'm what I'm talking about. Like, oh my god, oh my god. Um, a lot of people warn me, like, you're gonna break your body, yeah. like.
2: You're it's up not the, easy yeah. but i
1: kept me like it's oh, i can do it you know i've been I build, building, built an earth building tree. houses but this <laughs> is like no it's like
2: no, it's, it's industrial most, like physically fit yeah.
1: person could go tree planting and be a terrible tree planter like yeah, there's yeah. so many factors to it it was um, so
0: long i don't remember his anecdotes and like he's now a public servant in mm-hmm. ontario Jordy. if you ever listen to this uh, i'm refraining from making fun of you buddy so I'm not going to put words into his mouth because I didn't tree plant, but I remember mm-hmm. uh, his misery. <laughs> but he went back because he made you make good coin doing that. But uh,
1: mm, you're a good planter, yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, I hurt my back when I was in no, Taos, New good. Mexico, and just any sort of back injury, just like nah, don't ever go plant tree planting. Anymore. Like it'll resurface. So yeah. that was a huge. Um, hurdle for me when I was planting I I took up to like four or five pain meds in a day just to hit my like minimum quota of like a thousand trees because I was in so much pain
0: just to just to pause there she said a (laughs) thousand yeah minimum anyways keep going (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and if you don't plant over a thousand it's like you're out like after the first like two three weeks like it is the most stressful job I've ever worked in my entire life. Um, stressful physically, mentally, spiritually. Like, oh, man, yeah, you will have some existential crises if you go tree planting. Well, at least I did, um, considering just how much lower back pain I was experiencing. Um Oh God! <laughs> yeah, we could go on and on about yeah, these we'll, we'll,
0: of Tree we'll planting. I don't know if you. I'll, I'll fly Jordy out here, and then you guys can argue because he's a wiry little fuck. So he uh, <laughs> he liked it. I mean, he was miserable and tired, but uh, he kept going back. Yeah, he's a strong the dude. The yeah.
1: community of it is what I think brings people. Oh, for people. sure. He had you good stories. Really about the people he met with there. People Absolutely. And yeah. yeah, I'm just teasing. That part over. was lovely, and what I really you know wanted to experience.
0: We have to wrap. Um, so. Number one, I guess, I, I say one, two a lot, but the, I guess just to start, I, I now am essentially curating three art spaces. So uh, we'll talk um, as you develop some of these uh, mm-hmm. these things. Uh, I might have a venue for you. And if not, you know, we'll keep looking together. If you stay in Calgary. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how you. long I stay well, in
1: Calgary. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Well, and start the revolution here. Um and then I want to ask you, yeah, what, what are you doing next? Is there something you want from a podcast to, you know, shout out your Instagram or is there like a new project you're going to be working on that, uh, mm-hmm. might need some attention? Um, is there anything you want to plug?
1: Yeah, um, definitely. I think right now I'm just trying to, you know, network with people in Calgary and find that community that's nurturing for myself. Um, And then right now I'm trying to start an initiative to try and get more women involved with sustainable construction. Um, Right now, like traditional construction, there is a huge gender inequality in that. And a lot of people just don't want to work in construction. It's not an inspiring thing. So, But with the sustainable construction work that I've been doing in Taos, it is by far the most inspiring thing. Like it's amazing how many People work for free there um, and volunteer their time, you know, because it is um, towards like a greater cause and has provided me with a lot more meaning. So, if I could try and integrate that into Calgary in some way, especially with women, you know, empowering them with using power tools and <laughs> to be able to build and you know just kind of ex- you know explore what could be a potentially a new passion for them or to discover like oh my god I am good at working with my hands but I've, that's something that I've never even dabbled in because of the, just the social barriers that exist in that so I've been trying to I'm Hoping to collaborate with the Calgary Tools Library and just other people in the community who have built tiny homes. Be like, okay, let's work together to get other people involved in this and to be creative in a new medium. Um, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now in Calgary. And then I'm trying, I'm trying to fund a trip to Japan right now to to build another ship there with the crew. So I'm gonna, I'm planning to go to Japan in November if I can. That's, cool. Yeah.
0: I still haven't been to Japan. I've been to some parts of Asia, but not Japan. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. If you end up with some kind of links or anything like mm-hmm. that, you can send it to me. I'll, I'll plug it on the... Yeah. Uh, right
1: so. now, I don't have like a name for it. It's just right. kind of something that I'm trying to...
0: Yeah, like... exactly. Like conceptually, it sounds amazing. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and I'll move forward. If you want to uh, throw something, I'm even... You know, we can put it on the Perspectives of Instagram or mine yeah, uh, or on the website. That. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, well, I like you. I think you're fun. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Well, I'm sorry to hear you've been going through uh, so much shit. But, oh, that uh,
1: was last year. Yeah. And, you know, and on the other side of year. sorrow is joy. And, you know, going through that, it, I have like a much deeper appreciation for a lot of little things in life now, Great. especially after tree planting and just putting myself through, you know yeah some the w- these other, things, other
0: word that I uh, yeah gratitude i think is a big one yeah
1: for. that's been yeah. a huge theme for my life this past year and just yeah. writing down a list of things that i'm grateful for every day has been like the most grounding thing for myself because i've really been blessed with some of these experiences that i've had this year
0: Thank you so much. I'm pretty sure we're still with Mallory Music. We might be with Handmade. We'll see how that all develops. But um, yeah, just keep plugging in. I'm going to keep trying to find awesome people like Olivia to come out and tell us what Calgarians or soon-to-be non-Calgarians, if you mm. want to be that person, that <laughs> um, are doing to just try to get out there and make some change. Okay, I guess we'll wrap. Yeah.